Welcome to the Wondrous History Podcast and to a new episode of the miniseries focusing on the history of some of the most important doges in 16th century history, part of the broader rulers and monarchs of the 16th century Mediterranean and Europe series. In a previous episode, we talked about one of the victors at Lepanto and Doge for a year between 1577 and 1578, Doge Sebastiano Venier. Today, I'll talk about his successor, Nicolo da Ponte. Before we continue, I'd like to remind you to please hit that subscribe button and notification bell if you haven't done so already. It really does help the channel a lot and I would greatly appreciate it. Let us resume. Nicolo da Ponte was born in 1491, the son of Venetian aristocrat Antonio da Ponte, while his mother, Regina Spandolino, was originally from Constantinople. Nicolo da Ponte would go on and become a theologian. He is referenced in Jerusha Richardson's book, The Doges of Venice, Primary Source Edition, as the theologian Doge. Da Ponte represented Venice at the Council of Trent, and as well as serving governorships of Corfu, Padova, and Udine. In 1570, he became procurator of San Marco. After the turbulent reign of Alvise Mocenigo, who had to deal with the War of Cyprus and its aftermath, the Venetians prioritized at all costs peace with the Porte. Same applied for the rule of Sebastiano Venier, brief as it was. However, during Venier's reign, a violent fire affected a considerable portion of the interior of the Ducal Palace, emblematic Venetian location and a symbol of Venetian republicanism. When Nicolo da Ponte became the 87th Doge of the Venetian Republic, it became one of his immediate objectives to either restore or entirely rebuild the Ducal Palace, the Palazzo Ducale. There were two options at the time, do a clear out and rebuild the damaged sections or to meticulously restore, which eventually was an option chosen by da Ponte. Da Ponte also aimed to lower taxes, which were increased in order to compensate for lost revenue between 1570 and 1573, when Levantine and most Mediterranean trade was blocked or severely affected. Early on, Nicolo da Ponte denied allegations of Emperor Rudolf that he and the Venetians supported the Uskoks in the Adriatic. In 1581, the war between Spain and the Ottoman Empire, during which Venice got engulfed with in 1570 with the Fourth Ottoman War of Cyprus. The Spanish-Ottoman War, in the meantime, ended with a successful diplomatic mission of Giovanni Margliani, agent of Philip II of Spain, who concluded a final truce between Spain and the Ottomans in 1581. The Ottoman-Spanish Truce of 1581 was a in actuality, a diplomatic stalemate from which neither Spain nor the Ottomans won. However, because of their enforced involvement in this conflict with the Holy League, which eventually comes to fruition after 1569 and 1570, the Venetians involuntarily became one of the main defeated factions or sides in this conflict as by the end of the fourth ottoman Venetian war in 1573, the Venetian Republic lost four years of Levantine trade and revenue, and more importantly, it lost Cyprus as well. When Nicolo da Ponte turned 90 years of age, he began writing a testament of sorts. In here, he expressed ideas on how Venice should navigate the diplomatic waters over the following decades. He wrote his opinions on King Philip II of Spain, who at the time was heavily involved in the War of Portuguese Succession. In a similar fashion to 
his predecessors, the other doges who preceded him, Nicolò da Ponte continued to mistrust the, the King of Spain and his imperial ambitions in Europe and the Mediterranean. Da Ponte noted that apart from the Porte, there was no other power to be able to hold its own against him, not even France, which was substantially impacted by that point by the effects of the wars of religion. Because of this, the Venetians needed diplomacy, deference, and dexterity in dealing with Philip II of Spain. Good relationship with Florence and neighborly princes were advised as well, as well as solid relationships with the papacy, which is ironic given the following century would be marked even at its early beginnings by the famous interdict of 1606-1607. This document also showed Nicolò da Ponte's pro-French inclinations. It was stored in the archives of the Council of Ten. In his Storia Documentata di Venezia, uh, Italian historian Samuele Romanin, via Richardson's source, said that while initially not receiving much consideration once da Ponte passed away in 1585, quote, there came a time and not far off in which men had to learn by sad experience that the aged doge had spoken what was true, end of quote. This is in part reference to the events which would follow, namely the interdict that I've just mentioned as well. About this specific, fairly cataclysmic event which occurred during the early parts of the 17th century in Venetian history, I'll want to talk more in detail during another series which will look specifically at the decline of the Venetian Republic from the second half of the 16th century all throughout, throughout the uh, 17th century, and we can also look there at involvement during the Thirty Years' War. I will want at one point to do a section on the Thirty Years' War. The next episode will be about our last doge to be discussed as part of this series, Pasquale Cignona. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Wanderers History Podcast about Doge Nicolo da Ponte. Uh, I want to apologize for my quite nasally voice i've been hit with quite a heavy cold uh, if you've if you've enjoyed this video slash audio depending on where you're listening make sure to leave a like uh, subscribe if that is an option and until the next time all the best <laughs>